Hey everyone, it's Bill, your detective. Although I'm not a detective today. I hope you all really enjoyed listening to The Slain Singer. We had heaps of fun putting it together. I think it came out really well. I loved doing the music for this mystery. I loved playing with like the rock sounds, uh, which was kind of a different feeling from the first one where there was less obvious thematic direction. Um, even if Kat's theme was a little bit too cool for her. Uh, and also, of course, we had some very spectacular voice work from Neil, uh, which was just a joy to listen to. I listened to the extra takes that didn't get into the into the episode and they were just beautiful. So <laughs> maybe I'll put those, maybe I'll make those available some, somewhere one day. So there's going to be a little bit of downtime again between last mystery and this next coming mystery. I haven't played the next mystery yet, so I'm very excited to, to see what it is. Uh, but there's going to be a little bit of downtime between them while we get everything created and prepared and 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 edited and the music made and all that sort of stuff. Uh, again, I'm not 100% sure how long that will be. We'll try and keep it as short as we can, but there's probably going to be there's probably going to be one more week of bonus episodes after this before the, we get into the into the actual meat of a new mystery. Uh, so stay tuned for that. It should be exciting. Uh, and what we have today is something different because what we're going to do is give you the first episode of another podcast's murder mystery arc, Who Killed Harlow Thromby? So in a second, we're going to jump over to listen to their intro and they'll describe what the whole show is. But just as a sort of rundown, uh, this is an episode of the show Finish It, which is a fantastic indie podcast in which two brothers try and 100% complete choose your own adventure novels. So they play through every page, every story, and they try and read every single part of the book. Now, obviously that's not gonna happen in one episode. So this episode is their first read through of the murder mystery, choose your own adventure novel, Who Killed Harlow Thromby. It is hilarious, it is fantastic. And hopefully if you enjoy it, you can go check out the rest of the mystery. It gets so wild and so ridiculous and they have some fantastic episodes. If you've been liking the music that I've been doing for Solve This Murder, you're gonna love every aspect of the music they do over there. Uh, so hopefully this is something you'll enjoy. I, Danny and I are huge fans of their show, so I'm very excited to be able to share it with you uh, listening along. And if you do go through and listen to more of their show, tell them you came from us because we'll feel cool and powerful. So enjoy it, have fun, and you can find out who killed Harlow Thromby. Previously on Finish It. Volume one, Cave of Time, has come to a close. Ed, do you want to tell everybody what the it's what, time? What waiting us? Time to <laughs> announce the book voted for, chosen by our great listeners, mm -hmm. Matt. Will you do yeah. the honors? Shut up, man. I want you to yeah, say it. It's who killed Harlow Thromby. Who killed Harlow Thromby? All the suspects seem innocent, but you know that at least one of them is guilty. In fact, you'll have to do some fast thinking if you want to catch the murderer before the murderer catches you. So there's a little delicious tease for the world we'll be stepping into. I'm a little excited now. Only a little. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so 1880s and 1980s all at the same time. <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> Hello, I'm Matt Yule. Hello, I'm Chris Yule. <laughs> yes, Welcome to Finnish. I think I'm doing a Finnish accent. Welcome You're, to Finnish it. I, th I thought you were about to welcome me to Transylvania, which is not this volume. <laughs> um, welcome welcome to, to Finland. <laughs> Finland is a Finland Choose Your Own Adventure podcast. <laughs> 
uh, every page, every ending, every book, everybody get pumped. Harlow Thromby in the house. Harlow Thromby in the house. <laughs> it came in a little bag. I got mine, and Chris got his, and we're ready. We did a read of it, and it is on a whole new kind of bonkers. I have concerns. <laughs> I, I only have one thing to say to you. Page 101. 101. Did you, you got that yep. one, too, I assume. Okay. Page 101 page is Page 101 the best page. is going to haunt we'll us. <laughs> when you say we'll get there eventually, do you mean we're going to end up reading that page on this podcast every week for the next every week. year yeah for sure yeah we might as well just explain uh page we'll get to we'll give you the reason why later but page 101 has 12 choices on it i think is it 12 12 or 14 <laughs> something like that uh it's pretty it's pretty neato you know what happened huh you know what happened what since i spent a whole <laughs> half a year reading the same choose your own adventure book every week i mistook that for being an expert in choose your own adventure books. Oh right. And I was not prepared <laughs> for this book. I'm yeah, starting thought... to feel that maybe like Edward Packard actually did them in a certain order on purpose to work you up to <laughs> being able to handle what he throws at you in this. And one. we just went directly from number one to number nine and we may not we may not be ready. There's the, tools the we series don't have. has evolved multiple times. Yes. In those nine books. It's quite different. But this is our big, big bad blowout episode for big the <laughs> beginning of a new book, volume two of Finish It, Who Killed, Who killed Harlow Thromby. Harlow Thromby. Another Edward Packard joint with illustrations by Paul Grange. Grange. Pauly G, the Granger. <laughs> Pauly G, um, yeah. <laughs> so, the, uh, yeah, let's 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 jump into some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't, it, the, unlike the first book, it doesn't say right on the cover how many endings it has. So I asked my lovely wife Fader if she wouldn't mind just thumbing through the book and writing down the number of endings. Oh, nice. Now I I still don't know. She wrote down under in a folded up piece of paper. Okay. Um, so we can reveal it to everybody right now. Because do you know? I don't. Oh, I don't. Oh, like a gender reveal. Like a gender reveal. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, that's like, how long is this podcast going to take? Reveal. Yeah. So anyway, so, uh, I sound a little jangle. Do you want to play the, the jangle for endings, and then we can reveal how many endings a book has and know how many weeks, uh, have an idea how many weeks we'll be at it? Yeah, I like I like calling them jangles because I feel like if we said jingle, there would be a yeah. bunch of like people who actually write jingles would kind of come after us and be like, yeah. look, what we do is serious work. It <laughs> takes a lot of work and a lot of refinement and production value, and what you do right. is not that. So we'll call them jangles. Here's the yeah, jangle. The jang- jangles. How many new endings will there be? Will we get another amazing 40 or 41 or 43 or 50 or 60? The possibilities are nifty. Maybe 70 are waiting for me or 72 or 83 or 111. Let's all find out how many there will be. 14. <laughs> 14. <laughs> Wait, 14? 14 endings. Okay, we're going to talk about it in just one second. But first, I want to talk about one other thing real quick. Yeah. I really liked your ending song. Can I play something for you? Yeah, yeah. It'd be great. Got some questions. questions. No. Oh, really? Listen. Yeah. <laughs> Loop thief. <laughs> Loop thief. No, 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 no. I, I sampled, I sampled the, the listener questions song. I'm glad you caught that. Oh, you sampled it's it. It's a sample and an homage to the listener questions song because, of course... The, many of the listeners are partially responsible for the fact that we're reading a book that has 14 endings. Well, that's actually extremely flattering. 14 <laughs> endings? Are you sure? Not 40? Yes. 14. One four. 
There are 122 pages in this book. That's <laughs> that's about seven more. Yeah. And that's and there were 40 endings in the last book. Evolutions. Evolutions. Generations of the nine generations of choose your own adventure books have brought us to this. 14 endings. Seven potentially seven weeks we could be done. Oh no. No, Matt. <laughs> Matt. It's not the endings, it's the pages. We have to get every page. I got an awful lot of them in this run. <laughs> I think we're going to have to get the same endings. Oh, but different pages to get. Bunch. Oh, we're going to get trapped. We're, we're going to get trapped have trying to, to get... find page 17 through 19. <laughs> That's so much harder than a different ending. Finding oh. a different random page. And happily for everybody, so much less satisfying to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> the challenge is going to be finding random pages in the middle of loops. There are loops in this book, yeah. by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, there are. Well, you know, the interesting thing is I we talked, we joked about this uh, on the postmortem, I think. I don't but think I am actually going to... No, no, I, I am actually going to build a, a mind palace of this book. Okay. It is my plan. Good luck, because I was reeling when I read this. Yeah, I was crying when I was like, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do this. But I'm going to do it, and I'm going to make sure... I'm going to be able to map out. I'm going to be able to walk through this book in my mind. Probably yeah. just my adventures and not so much yours. That's, but yeah, we'll that's fair. we'll see how that's that goes. That I think. Okay, how's your mind palace so far? What is it? Do you have? Is it there at all? Do you have like foundation, or do you have a couple? Yeah, of rooms foundations or? is set. So what it's going to be is the house that we grew up in 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 North Virginia, Cliff Rock Court. That's smart. So because there's a lot, you know, you go in, you go on the first floor upstairs, downstairs, you go out the back through the the trails in the forest, you go out front on the street. Lots of different paths available. Yeah. So just um, it's a it's a setting I know. Right. Striking images. Sure. That will remind me of things. Uh, keeping in mind, of course, that I have a fantasia and cannot see images in my mind. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work around that somehow. I'm gonna figure that. I haven't figured it out yet. But I'm, it's a work in progress. It's a mind palace in progress. It's a brain attic in progress. I completely forgot about that. I was like, I'm having a hard so, time picturing the mind palace really he's describing. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be imagining my mind palace more so than uh, picturing it. So you we'll see if just it's lines of text running through your mind that you're picturing <laughs> that describe. I can't the mind see palace. lines of text. <laughs> Who could imagine that? Um, okay, well that's very interesting. So Before, maybe that'll help us pick up those pages. Okay, so I think that does pose a very different challenge from the first book because now I'm very concerned yeah. about picking up pages instead of endings. So we're gonna have yeah, to really be. Way. You know what we're gonna have to be. Book detectives. Wait, but we were book janitors. Are we now book detectives? You've been promoted. Whoa. <laughs> Congratulations, book dick. You're, you're both a couple now book Now you're dicks. book dick. I don't like the sound of that. Book, book shoe. Book shoe. I like that. Like a gum shoe, but yeah. like a book shoe. Yeah. A book instead. Book shoe. All right, well, before we dive into our first reads, which were, <laughs> on my end at least, like very intimidating. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and do a quick segment, as we always do. Oh, sure. Here it comes. Find the clues. Got a snoop. Super sleuth gets a super scoop. Who is it? It's not a mystery. It's the great detectives of history. That's right. It's the great detectives of history. <laughs> a segment where we look at some of the real life great detectives who have solved the biggest crimes and plots of our real world. Huh. Today we're talking about Kate Warren. Oh. W-A-R-N-E. Surely you've heard of the Pinkerton Detective Agency. Yeah, I heard of them. Started by Alan Pinkerton. Um, well, one day, 
a lady named Kate Warren approached him and said she wanted to work for him, but not as some secretary, as an actual oh. Pinkerton. And they never had a female Pinkerton before. And he was very impressed by her, and he yeah. hired her, and she was the first female private detective in America and also in really the Pinkerton cool. agency. Um, it is really cool. And check this out. This actually dovetails with Cave of Time in a delightful no. way. This was during Civil War times. Yeah. And there was a lot of trouble coming from the secessionist um, oh, sure. peoples. Yeah, yeah. And she infiltrated them. She pretended to be a Southern Belle. And there's a lot. I read a lot about the <laughs> accent that she used. So I think it was yeah. a really big deal that she used an accent for detective work. Oh, my gosh. You think the Pinkerton, the other Pinkertons were like, she's doing an accent? That's ridiculous. That's she madness. sounds ridiculous. That's not and detective then, work. Yeah. yeah. We're detectives and we don't do accents. Yeah. Hello, I am a Russian plumber. May I come into your Russian plumbing union? And Which the is, Russian plumbing union was like, no. I no don't but they didn't think sound so. like that. Yet. There you say. go. Nailed it. So she would go to these parties and balls and all these fun things for uh, secessionist groups. And she, yeah. um, she actually discovered a plot huh? to assassinate Abraham Lincoln. No. Yeah, she did. And, uh, so she discovered that they were they were making this plot, and the plot basically was he was going to take a train from I think New York down to okay. DC, back to DC, and th- at that time you had to go through Baltimore, and there was like a little bit of a, a bottleneck, and that's where they were going to get him when he had to change oh, trains no. in Baltimore. Yeah. So she found this out, did all this great detective work, yeah, and took it to a guy who knew Abraham Lincoln, and then a- that guy took her to Abraham Lincoln. So she told him everything she oh. found out, and Abraham Lincoln was like, "Okay, well." I don't want to be assassinated. What are we going to do? And she was all like, I got a plan. Here's a, Whoa. let's, let's get on the train. Don't t- act like everything's totally cool. But before yeah. we get to Baltimore here, put on this driver's cap, Mr. Lincoln, put on yeah, the shawl, Mr. Cool. Lincoln, walk with this walking cane. Like you're a sick person, Mr. Lincoln. <laughs> and she went out on the platform and pretended to be like his sister. And was like, Oh, Hey, where you been? Come on. I got a car waiting. And what? like, they disguised Abraham Lincoln as like some like older invalid like person. Uh, and and they smuggled him into D.C. in yeah. disguise and went around Baltimore. So like all the cool detective things you see TV detectives do where they dress up and do a funny voice, she, she invented that. did it. Yep. She did it right in front of Abraham Lincoln. She made him do it, too. She, she probably was like, made him well, do the voice. Well, all right. I guess I'll give it a try. <laughs> and she's and she like, was like, are you doing the voice? voice? <laughs> Is that the voice? It's perfect. Yeah, you sound like a sick... You sound no, very frail. <laughs> very frail and very weak, Mr. President. Wow. Well, yeah. thank you. That was elucidating and good. You were doing so well with that I sentence. That sentence was like... Word. You were just like strutting with that sentence, and then at the end, it just fell apart. That's fine. It's okay when that happens. It doesn't matter. You dropped elucidating. The world is ending. It's okay. You... Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's been a week. I it's pulled a word a out. Week. That was a pretty good one. All right, uh, should we get into this? Yeah, let's do it. Wait, well, do we want to talk about oh, our man. predictions before... We should make some predictions, that's true. Let we make some predictions. Yeah, okay, what, uh, let's see, I bet there's a thing. Yeah, do the jangle. I was right, here it is. There it is. Knowing our thoughts for the future of our Take them. 
then there's about 45 seconds of I can see just that. this echo. Okay. Well, so we can just talk over top of it. I feel like you're developing a whole new genre of music <laughs> where you're like you get people like into the groove and they start to feel it and like you get yeah. this build going and like people are yeah. waiting for the drop but instead of a drop they get like a a plop let's call it a plop yeah like people a plop are waiting is for good the, just wait for yeah, the plop like a, and it's like a like an aural brick wall yeah it's like whatever's <laughs> happening is now done <laughs> just completely breaks any momentum or, yeah i could uh, never have done it without the hard work of many other musicians who created a lot of like really emotionally evocative uh, uh structures for music and now if you just put a foghorn right at the part where it usually gets good, then yeah. it's this it's this thing. And anybody can do it. Yeah. I recommend everybody does it. I recommend everybody does not do it. Do you have but any predictions for this book, Matt? Yeah, let's yeah, let's make some up right now. Uh <laughs> that's not an answer um, to my question. <laughs> so okay, first of all, okay, so I, I probably we should have done some predictions ahead of time before we did a read. It really doesn't matter. There were so many characters introduced in this book. I am just a gog. I have no idea who is who. It's a lot, um, and there's but that's no description true to the genre, that. right? <laughs> of mystery, yeah, you know that's probably true. It's a I lot feel of like characters, you... and you really have to do keep up. It's like I think I got really lazy reading the Cave of Time because it was like seven pages a week, yeah. and only big things happened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's just plot. And this is like you really got to pay attention to what happens at what time. Like you have to pay attention to details, like a real book show. Sure. Yeah, we gotta be a real book okay. show about it. Predictions. Um. You poison yourself accidentally. Ooh, that's a good prediction. I could definitely say that happened because we know there's poison in this. Um, yeah. I think uh, we might find out that you, the main character, since you are the main character of this mystery story, yeah. um, is either depressed and or has a drinking problem. <laughs> this boy? This boy detective? Well, it's such a detective thing, right? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, similarly, I would say not definitely... drugs because he's a boy, but maybe no. a drinking problem. Maybe yeah, yeah. Back with back in this time, self medicating is... in some way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe it's with candy. It could be with candy. He is a boy. <laughs> um, I I would say along the same lines with the noiry kind of kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely an ending, a romantic ending for you and Mudge. You think so? Okay. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, okay. I forget her first name. There was a a, a girl character you you are all about to meet named Jenny Mudge who is a, a sharp uh, detective just like yourself. Yeah, lives in um, your neighborhood. Is also a smart child detective. <laughs> definitely already my favorite character in any Yeah, a lot of jealousy going book. on on the part of you in this book. Yes. Okay, um, let's see. I'll see that maybe at some point this murder will force yeah. the main character to confront some darkness in his past. Oh, because that's always a thing, right? Like the mir- the murder mirrors yeah. something horrible that they experienced when they were younger. Um, yeah, I think okay, and I think um, there's probably an ending where you and whoever is the killer, yeah, um, decide to split Harlow Thromby's monies. Oh, that's good. That's real good. It's like I'll a bad be guy ending because this where is you a very to go bad. You Fletch-like decide- book. It's got very some serious Fletch similarities. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, it's got some. It's got um, a sousant of Fletch. <laughs> um, so yeah, that. Do you uh, need more? Should I have one, one more. Anything? I think oh, yeah, maybe at some point, um, you will like be getting information from an informant, but right before they give you the crucial thing, yeah. they'll die or get killed or something. Oh, from, that's very good. You know, because I feel like that's a cliche you see. All right, well, there's our predictions. Written in stone, by which I mean a Google document. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, All right, should we dig into is this Is that enough here? stalling? That's enough stalling. Let's jump in. 
I, I want to read I the actually warning feel page. intimidated seeing like picking it too. How's how's your copy of the book, by the way? Is it in good shape? Pristine. The saddest. It's the saddest book I've ever owned. Right on the inside cover, it says "Merry <laughs> Christmas, twelve fourteen eighty four, love, Justin." Oh. And this book, until I opened it, the spine had not been cracked. Oh, it was never read. <laughs> when I opened the front page and revealed that note, the page was like, "Crack." Oh, that is sad. I Makes do me not feel bad that, for Justin. Yeah, I don't think anybody knew that Justin loved them in nineteen eighty four. Who? Although, wait a week and give it for Christmas, Justin. Uh, mine, actually, on the inside says, Mr. Hanscom. <laughs> so, wait, is that somebody's prediction? Isn't there? Uh, isn't that close to somebody's last name in this book? I don't think so. Robert Lipscomb. What's yeah. that guy's name? This okay, is Mr. Hanscom. Mr. Hanscom. Handwritten. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's part of a teacher's library. I don't know who would write. Like, I wouldn't yeah. write Mr. Yule on the inside of one of my books. Right. Well, the first three years you work as a teacher, you're like, I'm not writing my name inside of every book in my little library closet. It's ridiculous. And year three, you're like, all right, I'm sick of this. I'm not buying another copy of Who Killed Harlow Thrombey. I have one. um, They always have the um, uh, little user reviews on the first page there. (laughs) Yeah, I love those. They're really great. And there's one that I like a lot from Anthony Zicardi, age 11, Mm -hmm. where he said, it's great fun. I like the idea of making my own decisions. <laughs> like he's never tried that before. He's like, hmm. his parents are like, wait, he's making his own decisions. <laughs> it turns out he's a book? he's a Daryl. He's a little robot kid, <gasps> oh, and he's never supposed no. to make his own decisions. It'll start a, a cascading uh, algorithmic effect of, of artificial intelligence awakening. Oh well, now we have to figure out what Anthony Zicardi stands for. <laughs> oh no, Android pneumatic. You want to do it now? Telephonic humanoid organism. Wow. Uh, I'm only halfway through, man. Huh? (laughs) New York. (laughs) Um, Zooming in cars. Because all... Robots. Robots. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony Zicardi. We did it. Wow. We made a whole big deal out of the first paragraph in the last book. And I got to (laughs) say... I was curious what the first paragraph would be, and the first paragraph did <laughs> not, not disappoint. disappoint. <laughs> Here's the first paragraph of Who Killed Harlow Thrombey? Paragraph we will be reading for you every week. <laughs> it's been just a year since the robber climbed in your Aunt Miranda's bedroom window at 2 o'clock in the morning. Get out, she screamed at him, and that's just what he did, taking her pearl necklace with him. What do you guys think? <laughs> do you guys like it? A little misdirection to get you in the mood for mystery. It's a kind of a surprising start for me that really... Diving right into the backstory. So then the next day, this kid finds a beer bottle in the bushes outside his Aunt Miranda's house. Uh, and she is not, since she isn't the sort to toss beer bottles out the window, you handed it over to the police. Now, Aunt Miranda will drink a lot of beer. But she's not going to toss it out the window. No, she's a, she's a gentle lady. Yeah. Now, it turns out the robber's fingerprints were on the bottle, so the police were able to quickly identify him. He's behind bars. So you've earned yourself quite a little reputation as, as a detective. You, you've equipped yourself <laughs> with a magnifying glass, a fingerprint, and a cassette recorder, and you're ready for business. A fingerprint And there's kit. a picture You probably already had a fingerprint. Yeah, one would think. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a great picture uh, yeah. showing him with all the stuff on his walls. He definitely, he definitely bought, bought all that stuff and has a little special place for all of it right up there on his walls. Some of your friends, it says, have decided to become detectives, too. That's okay. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're just a bunch of amateurs, not like you. They're just a bunch of amateurs, except maybe for that frizzy-haired girl down the street, Jenny Mudge. Jenny Mudge. She's definitely smart. In fact, 
Sometimes you think she might be smarter than you are. Let's not be ridiculous, 1985. Yeah, whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, now it looks like you've got your first big case. Harlow Thromby, president of Thromby Plastics Company, has just called and asked you to come to his house at 5 o'clock this afternoon. I hear you have sharp eyes, he said, and that's what I need right now. I think my life is in danger. So that's like a really nice chunk of backstory, like... Yeah, you really know who you are. You know your world. You know that there's a bunch of little detectives on the street, and the only one you really need to look out for is Jenny Mudge. You have actually solved a crime before. Yeah. What? You found a piece of evidence, and you gave it to the police, and yeah. that you know, they did the work. But, I I, you know. It's enough to get you enough of a reputation for the head of a plastics company to call you to be his personal private detective. Isn't that deeply questionable for the head of a plastics company to say, hey, I heard you got sharp eyes. Come to my place at five. What are you, 12? Yeah, cool. We, 11, 12? Let's say make it yeah, 430. Ride your bike, whatever. Just come on over. Uh, you don't have to tell, tell people or don't. I don't care. I'm very rich. <laughs> and this does give a very full portrait of the main character, which is a boy. Uh, with, oh, the, the picture, yeah. Yeah, and it kind of feels so anathema to choose your own adventure. Like, no wiggle room there for it to be a girl at all or anything. Yeah. And boy, you can really you can really see exactly what his face looks like, and he's got the head of an adult with no a faceless adult, and it's weird. I like the Granger style personally, but it is a little. I like the Granger style. Disturbing. It's it's this one's a little this one's a little off. This one's a little. But this takes uh, us to page four, uh, where you ask Thromby what he's afraid of, but he didn't want to talk on the phone. So you say you think you have to think about it and call him back. It's exciting to get a call from Harlow Thromby, but maybe you should find out more before taking the case. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah. is your first choice, um, yep. where you call, either call Thromby back and accept his invitation to meet him right. tonight, or you tell him you can't come this afternoon, but you'll call him back in a day or so. Right. So this felt I was very excited at this point because it felt very familiar. Two choices. Oh, yeah. I'm on board. What did yeah. you do? Why well, I, I obviously phoned him and accepted his invitation. It's time to go talk to this guy right away. Really? Yeah. So I feel like as a young detective starting out, that's like shows maybe a little bit too eager. If I chose the power move of saying, mm, I'm not 100% sure if this is the right case for me. Uh, I'll call you back in a day or so. I got a lot of a lot of plates in the fire. A lot of irons are spinning. <laughs> Let me call you back in a couple days. A lot days. of spoons in the yogurt. <laughs> Will you take me to page five and take me on your journey first, Matt? Sure, yeah. So I, I was hungry, hungry for action, hungry to make my reputation a little more solid as a detective. So I said, there's no time to waste. I knock on Thromby's door exactly at five because I'm not messing around. Yeah. A stout, balding man opens it. He eyes you, uh, he eyes you suspiciously before nervously shaking your hand. Uh-oh. I'm Harlow. What was the voice? Can you do it again? I'm, I'm Harlow Har- Thromby. I'm Harlow Thromby, he says. Before we go inside, I'll show you around the place. The two of you stroll across the lawn past scores of flowers. Can you do it more like Edwin? Trees. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Ahead of you, you see, there's a big greenhouse. You're like, okay, why do you think your life is in danger? And he's like, it's my wife, Jane. No, I don't know. I can't remember what he did. He's like the I love to laugh guy. <laughs> okay. Now I'm feeling pressured. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Too, this is for the entertainment of people. I feel like maybe you're right. should kick it up it's my wife, Jane. There you go. <laughs> I do everything to make her happy. Expensive cars, trips around the world. She even has two pianos, a concert grand for herself and a smaller one for guests. The truth <laughs> is, for guests, I like that. I think she would rather have me dead. Uh oh. Then it sends you to page six. Okay, so he thinks his wife is gonna kill him. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay. what makes you think that? And he's like, oh, Thromby pauses again before replying. 
She told me. Okay. Whoa. So he goes over the greenhouse, and you're watching. You're like, what's he up to? And he rattles the door, and he's just like making sure it's locked for the night. He says, sure. Jenkins, our gardener, keeps arsenic there for spraying the trees. Uh, the poor fellow's laid up in the hospital. I'm sorry. And Do you spray trees with arsenic? Maybe back then. Maybe like uh, if you have a lot of monkeys in the trees, you're going <laughs> to spray them with some arsenic. <laughs> Just to take care of beeswax. Only way to get them out. I'll look. I'll look into that. Um, so you completely ignore what he said, and he said, "Maybe your wife just lost her temper." Hmm. I'd like to think so. Mm-hmm. Thromby says, shaking his head. Maybe you'll be able to judge when you meet her. She's playing a concert this afternoon and should be back by six. So uh, as you go back to the entrance, he points at a bright red sports car pulling up to a stop. Okay. A trim bearded man gets out and starts toward you off to the next page. So this is already really different where it's like it's page to page to page to page of of text. Okay. Not so it's choices. a lot of pages. Okay. Mm-hmm. I will tell you by not yeah. meeting Harlothrombi, I did not get any of this backstory or like character <laughs> introduction. <or> like, <laughs> I definitely paid for it, but go ahead. That's Dr. Robert Lipscomb, hmm. Thrombi says. And so Lipscomb is coming for dinner. With his nephew Chartwell, Chartwell the nephew, okay, and his niece Angela, Angela and Doctor Robert Lipscomb are planning to marry. Okay, right. I want Angela, to get okay. to know Robert better, so I asked him to come early and play a few games of pool. So hold Do you on, want hold to on, hold join on. us? Okay. So Angela and Chartwell are his niece and nephew. Yes, that's right. Angela is going to marry Robert, Doctor Robert Lipscomb. He thinks they're planning to marry. They're okay. definitely dating. Okay, they're so together. They're an item. That's the main cast of characters. Plus, there's the one. That's correct. Okay. So then he says, would you like to uh, join us for some to play a few rounds of pool? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to look around the place? There's nobody here but Helga, our cook. Mm-hmm. Helga, the cook. Helga the and help. don't forget Jenkins, the gardener. Okay. Who uh, usually uh, right. locks up the arsenic in the greenhouse. Okay. Okay, so here um, I either look around the place or play pool with Harlow Thromby and Dr. Robert Lipscomb. So I chose to play pool with Harlow Thromby and Dr. Robert Lipscomb because it's ridiculous. Those are fun choices. Okay. Off we go. That's a fun one. The game has hardly begun when Robert leaves to use the phone in the library, explaining that he has to check on one of his patients in the hospital. Okay. He returns about 20 minutes later, just as the doorbell rings. That must be Chartwell, Thromby says. You and Robert go with Thromby to the front door, where he introduces you to his nephew Chartwell, a tall, stoop-shouldered young man. Turn to page 10. Now we're going backwards. Turn to page a page before. Okay. It, that's, it's well, weird. that's fine. That's not that crazy. Thromby shows Robert, Chartwell, and you into the library, just as the grandfather clock in the hall strikes six. Okay. Gotta keep these times in mind. Yeah, we the, gotta time, put together the time frame timeline. actually is. Yeah. Uh, glancing out the window at six, remember? You see a white Cadillac pulling up the drive. That's Jane, Thromby says, back from her concert. A few, min- a few minutes later, a large round-faced woman enters the room. So pleased to meet you, Jane, Jane says, is his wife. Okay. Jane is Harlow Thromby's wife. Okay. I've, she's back from her concert. I've heard a lot about you. Mm-hmm. Will you be joining us for dinner? Is this the same Lincoln voice? It sounds a lot like Lincoln, but I think that works. I'll stick with it. Thromby's wife is surprisingly friendly. It's hard to see why you should be afraid of her. And there's a great picture of you meeting his wife, and Thromby's in the background giving the stinkiest, snotty, stink face look. Oh, nice. Gosh, he hates her. (laughs) He's like, why is she being so mean to that young man? He's acting nice right now. She's (laughs) never nice to me. Uh, Maybe he just imagines his life is in danger. You don't want to sit through a boring dinner. Especially since there's a very good movie you'd like to catch at home on TV. That's a real sentence. Not destined to be a great detective. Will you be joining us for dinner? There's a really good movie I want to watch on TV. (laughs) 
So you glance at Harlow, and he says, do stay if you like. So you can either accept the invitation to dinner or tell Thromby you can't stay, but you talk to him tomorrow so you can go watch that movie. Oh, that's messed up. Okay, what do you do? I went to watch the movie. Okay, <laughs> I was really hoping it would tell me what the did. movie was. That's. I imagine that's what my character is doing, I guess, at this point. Uh, it did not tell movie. me what the movie was. It skips straight to the next morning wow. you're up early thinking about Harlow Thromby, <laughs> uh, wondering whether his life is really in danger. Um, so you get a phone call mm-hmm. and a shaking voices on the wire. This mm-hmm. is John McGee, Harlow Thromby's lawyer. So here's his lawyer, John McGee. Have you heard the news? Does this sound familiar to you? Yeah, I had this page. What news? Mr. Thromby told me anything happened to him. I was to call you a child. <laughs> he doesn't say a child. I added that. You also have power of attorney in his entire estate. <laughs> I'm afraid something has happened. As it turns out, Harlow Thromby has been murdered. He was poisoned. So I broke into the greenhouse around 6 o'clock. And took okay. the bottle of arsenic. Later, the murderer poured the arsenic into Thromby's brandy bottle. How awful you were playing. He told me his life was in danger, danger, but I hardly believed him. None of us did, McGee said. Uh, the police seemed to think his wife, Jane, did it, but I would bet it was one of the dinner guests. Whew. Who were they, you ask, as if you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were Chartwell, his niece Angela, and Dr. Robert Lipscomb. Well, yeah, right. you know that. We already knew that. Let me ask you another question, you continue. Did the police know when the murderer poured the arsenic into Thromby's brandy bottle? Not exactly, but they know it must have been between 8 o'clock when he gave his guests a drink and 9 o'clock when he went back to pour another for himself. Ah, because the first round was not poisoned, but when he went back for another. Uh, Go to the next page. And how do they know the greenhouse was broken into about 6 o'clock? That was quite a stroke of luck, McGee says. A young girl was visiting Helga, the Thromby's cook. Mm -hmm. She noticed the greenhouse was locked at 4 o'clock when she came to visit. And then when she left at 6 o'clock, it had been broken open. She must be very perceptive. Yeah, she must must have sharp eyes, you say. You may know her, McGee says. Jenny Mudge is her name. Jenny Mudge. Jenny Mudge. fist. Uh, so you thank her for calling. You're shocked by the news. You resolve to do your best to solve this murder case. Uh, and from what you know of Jenny Mudge, you know she has the same idea. Uh, I- Inspector Proofrock will be in charge of the case, no doubt. In your opinion, he is a bumbling idiot. <laughs> classic. Classic. In your professional child opinion, mm-hmm. a bumbling idiot. <laughs> I like Even that this child has police. an opinion about the, the head inspector of the local police. <laughs> I wonder how long he's held that opinion. <laughs> It's been like since he was a little, little, little one or just from the beer bottle. <laughs> Even with the whole police force working for him, you usually can't solve the simplest of cases. Still, it would be a good idea to talk to him and find out whether he stumbled across anything important. On the other hand, perhaps you should first inspect the scene of the crime. So I feel like this kid is like hanging around the police station just like watching them solve cases and being like, ugh, <laughs> yeah. this one's so easy. You guys are blowing it. <laughs> and he could have solved so many cases, but he was just like, no, they nope. need to learn. I'm not stepping in on this one. <laughs> if you're good at something, don't do it for free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then when it came to his own doorstep, mm-hmm. his Aunt Miranda's pearl necklace was stolen, he had to do something. That's right. Now, now they pulled him into the game. So you either go to police headquarters to talk to Inspector Proofrock. Or go to the Thromby house to do some poking around. What did I chose you do, to, out of curiosity? Huh? What did you do? I chose to go to the Thromby house and poke about. Nice. He didn't seem to have much of an opinion of uh, Proof Rock, so. Mm-hmm. So you get to the Thromby house. The only person at home is Helga the maid. Wow. She was a cook. I guess she's a maid now. Um, she probably just A slight all shy stuff. woman with soft brown eyes. Mm-hmm. She tells you she spent from 5 o'clock until 6 o'clock with Jenny Mudge cooking in the kitchen. And then after that, she left. Oh, she left after dinner at eight to visit her brother in the hospital, and she was there till nine. Hmm. So you ask her who she thinks did it. She says she's not sure, but she would guess it's Doctor Robert Lipscomb. There's something about that guy she doesn't like. 
But she doesn't know how he could have done it because Chartwell says that Robert was with him in the game room all evening. And she knows Chartwell wouldn't protect Robert because Chartwell doesn't trust Robert. Hmm. So you thank Helga, you go to the hospital, and she did indeed visit Jenkins, who the gardener, who's her brother. Okay. From eight to nine. In this paragraph, it just says she did indeed visit Jenkins from eight till nine. And I was like, who is Jenkins? Right. He's the gardener. <laughs> you got to stay this on top of this. I realize. This book does not give you a whole lot. You got to yeah. work for it. By this time, you're curious to know whether Jenny Mudge discovered anything. Off to page 41. So you go, and you find Jenny on the front porch of her house, sitting in a rocker, reading a magazine. Yeah. Taking a seat in an old wicker chair, you tip back Just and put so your feet up on the porch railing. <laughs> Just go for it. Make yourself comfortable. This so far is the most, I think this next line is the most Cave of Time sentence so far in the book. Okay. Well, do you have any theory about the case, you ask? <laughs> How's this for a theory, Jenny says. Harlow Thromby committed suicide. Hmm. Maybe, she, maybe she, maybe, maybe Harlow Thromby fletched Jenny. Mm-hmm. And this other kid is just, uh, it's too complicated. Is it? But why? <laughs> why would he do it in a way that looks like murder, you ask? Maybe he was sick and tired of living. Mm-hmm. And he did it that way because he wanted to make Jane suffer and let his niece Angela inherit all his money. Why do you think he would be such a rat, you ask? Well, Helga says he always thought someone was out to get him, mainly his wife. So maybe he pretended he was murdered to prove that he was right. Jenny is smiling broadly by the time she finishes. You begin to wonder whether she's pulling your leg. Still, her theory just might be right. It's a powerful mind, for sure. Yeah, but look, it's clear, I think. So your options here are, if you think Jenny's theory is not worth investigating, go one place. If you think her theory is worth investigating, go another page. I thought, I, she's clearly messing with you. There's no way oh, a smart kid like Jenny Mudge yeah. Yeah. thinks that this is for real, what happened to this guy. I just want to so take I, said, a, no, I just want to take a moment here and say, yeah, you guys, it's a lot. We know it's a lot. You picked it. We're very, we're very intimidated <laughs> by this book. First first week or two, it's gonna be a lot of plot. It's gonna be a lot of filling in the timeline, figuring yeah, out sorry. everything that happened. But then we'll be able to get into the nitty gritty. Yeah, once we all know how to like, we've got the book. But once everybody has an idea how it goes, then we won't have to read. We can so skip much some stuff. It. But it's very important that you're paying attention. I know you might be like driving watching tv or like <laughs> hanging out with your kid i need you to park the car i need you to turn yep. the tv off i need you to hire a babysitter i need you to sit down and listen yeah you're gonna have to focus you're gonna want to take notes okay all right max so there's a picture on this page of you looking very contemplative very pensive mm-hmm. if harlow thromby wanted to commit suicide why would he have asked for your help sure. it seems certain he was murdered but you need more evidence perhaps you should return to the thromby house on the other hand Maybe Jenny has some other ideas. So here we're getting kind of back into like going back into the cave and out of the cave kind yeah. of a thing. I've already been back to this house twice. Sure. But anyway, I'm not talking to Jenny anymore. She's messing with me. So I, I am right. returning to the Throbby house. So I'm off to page 49. That makes sense. When you arrive at the house a half hour later, you see a large black car in the driveway. A short man dressed in a gray pinstriped suit is walking toward it. With him is Jane Throbby. Turn to page 79. Okay. I just want to say, this string, I hit page 49, this is what's about to happen. Yeah. 49 to 79. This is without making a choice. To 74, to 85, through 86, to 89. Without making a choice? Without making a choice. Okay. So off to page 79. All right, we're going to be done with this in like two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, we are. You go out to talk to Jane, but the man in the suit steps in front of her. I'm Mr. Prem, and I threw my book up in the air, and I was like, Prem, (laughs) why are there so many people? This is, oh, it's Mr. Thromby's lawyer. Is that the same guy who called you? No, it's a different name. Who's the guy who called me? 
Not Prem? On that it's earlier like, page. Uh, after he um, died. McGee. McGee. It was McGee. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, he, oh, Mr. Prem is Mrs. Thromby's lawyer. Oh, boy. Okay. Pardon me. So you get right to business. You say, can you tell me, Mr. Prem, who will inherit all of Harlow Thromby's money? Prem first, Good smiles. first question. Yes, but it will not help you solve this case, I'm afraid. Thromby's will provides that his fortune will be divided equally among his wife, Jane, his niece, Angela, and his nephew, Chartwell. Hmm. Of course, under the law, a murderer is not allowed to inherit anything from the person he or she murders. If caught, you say. Oh, yeah, if I got caught, you there. Prem turns his back. I think we'd better return to my office, he says to Jane. You go into the house. <gasps> Mr. Prem like, bumping he's on to me. <laughs> he, he knows. Yeah, I apologize. I should have done a funny voice for Mr. Prem. No, 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 no. We keep... <laughs> There's a threshold. <laughs> You go to the Thrombie house, almost bumping into Chartwell as you step inside the front door. This okay. looks like a good time to question him. Page 74. No choice. Wow, just keep on going, huh? I can only talk a few minutes, he says. I only have a few questions, you reply. What? Oh, what, nice. What, That's what, good. What? Good what? banter. Yeah, pretty strong. That's like some Felicity-level um, stuff. Uh, so he says, for, this is what you asked. First, how long was it before he screamed that Harlow Thrombie left you and Robert in the game room? So I guess he screamed when he became what? poisoned? Okay. I don't what? know. He's okay. a kid. He's making stuff up. Sure. Chartwell says it could have been more than five minutes. So no more than five minutes. Between what? From when Thromby went to get another drink of brandy. And before he was like, oh, he left I'm the game poisoned. Room, and he was like, oh, I, I'm poisoned. Who <laughs> uh, knew the arsenic was kept in the greenhouse, you ask? Everyone but Dr. Robert Lipscomb. But I'll tell you, I'm very suspicious of that fellow, says Chartwell. Everybody knew about that except for Dr. Okay, I cannot get hung up on these details. Continue. Well, and he probably knew because Aunt Angela. Of course, is that the it's an insane thing for Chartwell to say. Um, where were you? You ask him between the time you arrived at the af- arrived the afternoon of the murder and the time we first met. Why I met you as soon as I arrived at the house. But you should know that when I pulled up the drive, I saw Robert running to the front door, coming from the direction of the greenhouse. I think he was the one who broke in and took the arsenic. Hmm. Chartwell glances at his watch, turns, and heads out the door. Because you are a child, he does not have to excuse himself from your presence. <laughs> He's just done. At the same time, dot, 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 turn to page 85. <laughs> this book So proof. This is the proof rock strides toward you from the direction of the library. Proof rock? And I don't know if you got this. Can you see this picture? <laughs> proof rock oh, running yes. into yeah, the I, room. I think I did. That's a great one. <laughs> He's just arms I've in the solved, air, smiling. Yeah, just full speed running through another person's house. <laughs> I've solved the murder, he shouts. <laughs> How interesting. And through the window, you see Chartwell getting into his car. So Chartwell's out of there. Sure. So, oh my gosh, let me see. Um, okay, they, he says, okay, we figured out uh, Chartwell broke into the greenhouse using a pair of garden shears to pry open the door. The shears match the marks on the door sure, where the murderer okay. pried the padlock off it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, mm, I wouldn't be so sure of yourself, Proof Rock. And Chartwell takes off down the drive. Proof Rock's like, whose car is that? I'm afraid it belongs to the man you want to arrest. And he mm-hmm. runs off to try. And, he's like, where are the keys to this car? And he tries to get to his car. Classic. Proof he's a real Rock. goof. Yeah. Um, there's a bit. I'm skipping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they they tear off. We turn to the next page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shake your head in disbelief. It's at least as likely that the person who used the shears would toss them into Chartwell's car as that Chartwell would have leaked this sentence. <laughs> yeah, that's not defining. I don't think that's defining proof. I Listen think to the sentence. Dig deeper. Okay. It's at least as likely that the person who used the shears would toss them into Chartwell's car as that Chartwell would leave them there. Oof, come on, Edward. 
Proofrock reminds you of a dog chasing a rabbit that has just run the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Proof so Proofrock try, but we're off to page 89. And this is my favorite picture. You return home for you have some work to do before lunch. Work to do there before lunch. I love that sentence. You got some <laughs> work to do. Get... What is it? Do you think it's homework or like detective work or just like chores? Like you got to clean your room? It's probably like every 24 hours if you don't dust that magnifying glass, you can tell. <laughs> I feel like it's like that's what he that's how he refers to like his chores. Like he has to clean his room. He's right, like I got right. I got some work to do. I sorry, I can't come <laughs> for out. There is work I must do. <laughs> So, but the whole thing is you return home for you have some work to do there before lunch. By the time you get back to the Thromby house, so it's not, yeah. there's nothing at home. Yeah. You just immediately go back to the Thromby house. Nobody seems to be there. Yeah. You ring the bell several times. You try the door. Uh, oh, so you try the door and it's unlocked. So you go inside, you walk down to the library. Suddenly you feel the hard pressure of a gun in your back. Mm-hmm. Don't move. Don't look around. <laughs> a heavy hand on your shoulder shoves you into a chair. You dare not resist as your attacker wraps a towel tightly around your head yep. and over your eyes and ties you to a chair. Okay. So the pi- the picture is a kid tied to a chair with an entire towel, fuzzy towel wrapped around <laughs> his whole head. And it is one of the scariest pictures I've ever seen. <laughs> you you hear papers rustling. Someone must be searching through Harlow Thromby's desk. You could probably get a hand free and rip off your blindfold, but that might be dangerous. Finally a choice, rip it off, sit there quietly. Oh my god, what a choice. What did you do? I I ripped it off. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Reaching for your blindfold, you feel a smashing pain in your head. Dot, 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 dot. You are slowly waking up. Your head is pounding. A bandage covers half your scalp and one ear. You're lying somewhere. It must be a hospital bed. A doctor is standing next to you. We had to stitch you up a little, he says. It's not serious. You can walk out of here in the morning. <laughs> he starts to leave and then turns back. Oh, they found this note next to you. He hands you an envelope from which you remove a small sheet of yellow ruled paper. It reads, drop this case, or next time you'll end up in the cemetery. Did nobody read this note before they gave it to you? <laughs> when they found I'm sorry, you? I don't go around reading the notes of children. <laughs> Neither does the inspector. That's none of yeah. my business. This note was clearly meant for you in this crime scene. <laughs> the doctor is like, well, at least we'll know where to find him next time. They'll dump him in the cemetery. <laughs> In this business, you have to take chances. Still, it might be healthier to solve this case. In this in a business, hurry. you have to take chances. <laughs> yeah, I read that all wrong. No matter how many towels you get wrapped around your face. <laughs> uh, early the next morning, you walk out of the hospital into the bright sunshine, thinking about Angela. Was she? Okay. The, that's so romantic. If it were out of context of this book, was she the one who broke into the greenhouse, took the arsenic, and poisoned the brandy? And I was like, "That's leading." <laughs> that's kind of leading, and kind of out of nowhere. You've had no experiences with Angela to this point. Yeah, so the and the option here is investigate Angela or check in with Jenny Mudge. And I'm already like, no, I'm not talking to Jenny Mudge. She messed with me. Okay. She's not going to help me. We're, you know, she's my enemy. Sure. Friend of me. <laughs> so I go to talk to Angela. Um, did we talk about that she went to the dentist that day? I have, Dude, that's the problem with this book. I don't know. I've been really <laughs> trying to listen to you really hard. <laughs> I went back and I, you know what? It doesn't matter. We got to put our detective hats on. We got to stop being big babies and start being big detectives. Okay. So this is a big question. This is big dick energy. Big question. But like detective kind of dick. Yeah. 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 What did we, who, when did, who said she went to the dentist? Somebody said she went to the, so anyway, so you want to know about her visit to Dr. Marlowe. Okay. And I was just like, come on. Okay. Dentist, Dr. Marlowe, uh, the afternoon of the murder. Oh my God. So. Okay. You pay a visit to Dr. Marlowe's office. 
Um, yeah. And you ask the nurse if Harlow Thrombey's niece, Angela, <laughs> I guess if you don't know her last name. Sure. Uh, was she here two days ago from 5 to 6 p.m.? And nurse says, yeah, did she leave something? And oh, you're like, okay. no, I'm just checking. <laughs> okay. What was she here for? What treatment? She was just getting her teeth cleaned. Um, she called to make the appointment the day before. And when I said we were all booked up, she insisted on coming at 5 o'clock anyway. Can you imagine that? She's just lucky Dr. Marlowe was able to take her. And I was like, okay, well, I hadn't gotten any kind of clue about that, but now I'm pretty suspicious. Are you her child? Or what? do you need something? <laughs> why, why are you here? I'm sorry. <laughs> just in the teeth, man. <laughs> just in the um, teeth. So now here we are. Knees. Page 101. This is an epic page. Well, at page 101, this is the page that's going to become a big part of our lives. Oh, yeah. For the next half a year. At the top in all capitals, it says, what should you do next? Inexplicably next to that is a picture of a brandy bottle. Just just for the just for the. Genre, oh, no, wait, just not inexplicably. Taste. Sorry. What? It's not even just a set tone. The first choice. Sorry. Oh, right, 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 right. If you if you found fingerprints on the bottle of brandy, you want to check out the lab report. What am I going to just what am I, on my own? Just going to assume that I didn't find fingerprints on the bottle of brandy. How about you tell me if I found fingerprints on the bottle of brandy? That's such. Is there another so path is, we could have taken where we yes. did find them? And that's yes. why I would if, choose that. If in your story you found those fingerprints. That's not how I read and that asked at all. for the lab report. Oh, really? That's, that's not funny. how I read that at all. I just decided I, read, I just assumed it was like you get to make this decision now. Uh, yeah, that makes sense with the way the rest of the story has gone. So many more options. But I read all those, a bunch of Grey Wolf and Lone Star books, and they're that's how it choose works. your own type things. But it's like you pick the kind of magic you have. So it's like if you have necromancy, go oh, to this page. If okay. you have this and want to use it. Anyway, so that's option one. Next, if you found fingerprints in the greenhouse and want to check out the lab report, turn to page 110. If you decide to talk to Robert, page 117. Chartwell, page 111. Angela, page 112. Jane, 114. Jenny, 115. Inspector Proofrock, 116. Gilliam Prem. His name is Gilliam, apparently. Page 117. If you decide to just sit in a quiet place and think about what you already know, turn to some, page 118. Some very good names. Yeah, really good names. Gilliam Prem. Well, these are very good mystery names. If you decide to give up on the case, which is very tempting to me, that oh, would have been page man, 119. Oh, man, I always do that, yeah. And if you're absolutely sure you have the case wrapped up, turn to page 122. Okay. So I was, my, my, uh, I was intrigued. I decided to go talk to Angela. Okay. So I turned to page 112. What's page 112? Oh, it's after. I hope you're going to live up to your reputation by solving this case quick. Wait, I used, did I have a voice for Angela? I didn't. No. By solving this case quickly, Angela says, I guess at least one person doesn't want me to. You reply. Oh, my God. I just sent a picture. I do, Angela says. I'll give you some help. Robert and Chartwell, much as they dislike each other, both say the other remained in the game room during the time when the murderer poisoned Uncle Harlow's brandy bottle. Okay. I'm sure you have already found out that I was at the dentist during the time when the murderer took the arsenic from the greenhouse. So, as a matter of logic, dot, 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 the murderer must be Jane, you ask? Angela smiles. Your skills at logic are so good. You, Did oh, she you say continue. that? No, you do. Oh, Your okay. skills at logic are so good, you continue. But I know that Jane, not you, was playing the piano during the time when the brandy was poisoned. At which point I was like, piano? <laughs> okay. You didn't hear anything about piano? I guess somebody was playing the piano. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so not a perfect, not perfectly structured. That's so okay. Angela's like, she looks at you wide-eyed, and she's like, perhaps you thought it was Jane playing, but it, I, when she left, I played for 10 or 15 minutes. You're like, Beethoven? She's like, yeah, as a matter of fact, it was. Uh, the Moonlight Sonata. Then you, you will be glad to demonstrate, you say, on the piano <gasps> in front of a music teacher. Angela's face in flushes In front of anger. a music teacher? <laughs> yeah. Why did he have to add that? Where's it's he such gonna... a little kid thing to do. Like, 
I'm going to bring in a music teacher to make sure you play yeah. it right. They'll know if you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so she's all mad. She's like, but I couldn't have broken into the greenhouse, got the arsenic. I can prove I was at the dentist. And you're like, I know that. Robert tried to protect you by claiming that Harlow Thromby accused Jane of poisoning him. That's how I know that he was the one who broke into the greenhouse and got the arsenic for you. Okay. Now, did you follow that? Because reading it, I didn't follow it. Kind of. In the same way that when I watch a mystery movie or a show, I kind of follow You're it. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't have a good mind for mystery. I think this was a horrible mistake, but please continue. Okay. This is, this is a bad idea. <laughs> that fool, Angela cries. Why did I get mixed up with that man? I'm afraid you'll have a long time to think about that, you reply. I'm afraid you won't have a long time to think about anything, Angela says, as she levels a snub-nosed 45 at you. <gasps> you realize too late that you have ignored an important rule for detectives. Never trust a murderer. The end. And the picture is Angela shooting you in the, in the <gasps> heart with a gun from about two feet away. <laughs> oh, man, you got shot. By Caught Angela. the murderer, figured out the murderer, figured it out. You did but I solve did get, it. I did get shot right in my heart. But you did get murdered by the murderer. The end. That's a very good ending. Pretty good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Again, it took so long to get there. It'll be faster in the future. But These episodes might just be a little bit longer. <laughs> they might. <laughs> that was a ride, man. And that's what I'm talking about with this book, the loops and the... Uh, to bouncing around and there are a bunch of pages where there's a lot of options of like what do you want to do yeah. next like what do you want to investigate i think it's gonna and be it really, really assumes interesting that you've gone to back. track sorry i think it's gonna be really weird to track yeah <laughs> how did you feel about that ending how, how did you oh, well, feel at I, the end of it i had weirdly i had seen that image of that boy being shot on the internet Yeah, i thought you mentioned that yeah in yeah. relation to this book and i was pretty excited that that was the first ending i got <laughs> Was being shot. <laughs> a little boy um, being shot by a grown woman. <laughs> and I will say that the picture doesn't give away anything about who it was because there are too many people for me to have too even thought people. about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was too um, confused from the get-go to even like try to figure it out for real. I don't want to get too deep into it right now because I think we'll have more to talk about after <laughs> I do mine. Yeah. So why don't we just take a little break? Mm, much needed. So here we go. We're we're off to. We talked a lot about what what is the new thing we're going to do mm-hmm. to replace the choose your own adventure or sure. quiz. Um, we've really given us some thought. Some people gave us some good ideas on Twitter too. Thank you for that. But it was really tough to find something that would be a good way for us to challenge each other. So this is this is what we'll do. Go ahead and play that jangle. Um, there's another little sing along song that I will do as we play the jangle. <clears throat> It's the game we can't figure out how to replace. It's choose your own adventure or dot dot dot. <laughs> uh, so love we're it. not we're not changing it yet anyway because I couldn't think of anything. And it was honestly, my turn to do a quiz. Honestly, right now it feels like a warm blanket. <laughs> it feels like a cabin in the woods during a snowstorm. <laughs> I am happy to walk into it's a warm embrace bring it what do you got for me matt okay so we're keeping it real simple this week because i was a little drained <laughs> um this is choose your own adventure or sherlock holmes mystery simple sweet i love it simple pretty business all right are you ready sherlock holmes no that, <laughs> that <laughs> sorry yes i'm ready are you ready would be such a good choose your own adventure book. <laughs> It's like yes or no. You pick no, and it's the end. Just as the, the end. Put the book down. Yeah. You're cool. Don't rush uh, it. All right. The Deadly Shadow. That's a Sherlock Holmes. Incorrect. That's Choose Your Own, number no, 46. No, it isn't. Really? Okay. 
The Five Orange Pips. That's a Sherlock Holmes. That's right. Yes. That's a classic. A tale of mystery, scandal, murder that may have been committed by the Ku Klux Klan in London. Who else but Sherlock Holmes can solve these series of deaths? Also, mm. I should note that I wasn't really able to easily find a quick write-up of each of these books. That's so a fine. lot of them will, in fact, just be Amazon reviews. Uh, Danger at Anchor Mine. I feel like that's a choose. No, that's a Sherlock. I'm sorry. That was Dang. a choose your own adventure number 49. The Disappearance of Lady Frances Carfax. Carfax? Yeah. <laughs> like Carfax? Yeah, literally spelled exactly the same way. I guess this episode is brought to you by Carfax. Yeah. I'm excited we got a sponsor. From, That's from new. From the Carfax family. Okay. That's a Sherlock. Uh, that is correct. And uh, that Carfax is too weird. Uh, mystery of the Secret Room. That's got to be choosing your own adventure. That's too It is. Number ridiculous. 63. Okay. Are you ready for the lightning round? Yes. Silver Blaze. Choose your own adventure. Sherlock Holmes. Ah. A case of identity. Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> it is. It's my favorite name. What is a case of identity? Uh, the case of the Silk King. Oh, that's a choose your own adventure. Nailed it. The Boscombe, family, uh, Boscombe Valley Mystery. That's a Sherlock. Correct. Seaside Mystery. Sherlock. Choose your own. Ah. The Secret of Mystery Hill. <laughs> that's a choose your own adventure. Correct. Okay. The Adventure of the Cardboard Box. Ah, Sherlock Holmes. That's correct. Scene of the crime. Sherlock Holmes. No, that's the choose your own adventure. It is. I'm sorry. You're right. It is a choose your own adventure number 137. (laughs) The Valley of Fear. That's a choose your own adventure. That's a Sherlock Holmes Ah. book you mentioned in the last podcast. (laughs) 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 A Scandal in Bohemia. That's Sherlock Holmes. That's correct. And I do want to read this because this was an actual official description. While the Dr. Watson got married and engaged in private medical practice... To Sherlock Holmes for help address German aristocrat who concealed their origin from the detective. But Holmes wasn't difficult to immediately expose him. (laughs) Count Van Cram's problem was that he was going to marry, and the woman with whom he had a love affair before blackmailed him. She was charming opera singer and had a photo where they were together with him. (laughs) The king's agents have tried to search the photo, but couldn't find... All hope of Sherlock Holmes, otherwise the wedding will be able to fail. To carry out the task, will have to be reincarnated as a groom for penetrate into the house of blackmailer. <laughs> no one could possibly decipher that book description. Except it's perfect. for maybe. The words are out of order. It was perfect. Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So there you go. Choose your own adventure or is going nowhere oh, at least yet. I'm glad it's still here. <laughs> That makes me happy. And we kept it short. That was a nice short one. <laughs> that was a nice short one. It felt good. All right. It's um, a time to I'm dig brutally back in. I'm going to need you to do something for me, and it's okay, going to, to be important. You are going to need to... Do you have kind of a list of pages that you read there? Yeah, I have my list of pages. I'm going to need you to track how many overlap. Do you uh, think you can do that, or is that going to be a problem? No, I can, I can do that, I think. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. So, last we met, I decided... To tell Mr. Thromby, I can't come this afternoon. I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> My bed is not going to make itself. Sure. Um, so that takes me to page seventeen. Okay. Um, which is yeah, exactly. It's the it's the it's the page that you got after you went to the Thromby household and then came back home the next morning. Right. You're up early, thinking about Harlow Thromby, wondering if he's in danger, and you get the call from John McGee, the lawyer, saying that he's been killed. Good old McGee. Takes you to page eighteen, uh, which you also had. Um, mm-hmm. 
where you just get all the deeds from uh, Professor McGee. And then right. I have to choose between going to the police headquarters to talk to Proofrock. Right. Or going to the Thromby house to investigate. And I made the sure. same choice you did, going to the Thromby oh, house. Oh, you went to cause, Thromby. Because we were just dissing on Proofrock. Like, yeah, exactly. He's not bringing the thunder. I'm not going to go see him. So I made the same. I, th- I made a lot of the same choices to you this time around. Okay. Uh, so I go to the Thromby house. I meet. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I go and I meet Helga the maid. Um there's Jenny Mudge. Yeah, all the same all the same people. I get the same timeline information. Um, uh, and at this time, I'm curious to know whether Jenny Mudge has discovered anything. Sure. She has entered the picture. So same thing. I go to page 41 to visit Jenny Mudge. I, I put my feet up on her front porch. I look, at, <laughs> I, I look out onto the street. I say, well, do you have any theory about the case? <laughs> <laughs> like, you really thought about it. You really tried hard. You nailed it physically. And then your brain just crapped out that <laughs> sentence. I feel like well, you did nail it physically. do you have any theory about the case? And your, your brain pro- is just screaming the whole time. <laughs> no, shut up, you idiot. <laughs> you had so much swagger. You just like walked up onto the porch like no big deal. You sat down right. in the chair and put your feet up perfect way. There was like an extra glass of lemonade. You just dug in. Yeah. And then you just blew it hard. Yeah. You have theory? You just... <laughs> If you had just farted loud and long accidentally, it would have been the same thing as saying that sentence. Um, I, however, did think her suicide theory was worth investigating. Goof. Just kidding. I know she was messing with me, but I feel like she was maybe giving me maybe a little, she's giving something. me some breadcrumbs yeah. mixed in with her her uh, her made up stuff. So that took me to a page forty six. Did Harlow okay. Thromby commit suicide? Sounds far fetched. Uh-huh but I have to consider all the possibilities as a detective. Mm, okay. So I go to visit Thromby's physician, Dr. Paul Bloom. Oh, boy. <laughs> Another name. <laughs> you rush to his office and wait a long time with nothing to do but read old copies of the Reader's Digest. Oh, my gosh. That's like when you're a kid and you go to the doctor's office. It's the same thing. And you know Edward Packard was trying to pitch doctor's offices <laughs> on having Choose Your Adventure books in the waiting room. And they're oh. like, no, no, no. We just have Reader's Digest. Reader's Digest works for us. And he's like, oh, yeah? Everybody hates it. Yeah, we'll it, see about that. Including this kid from my book. Finally, a nurse shows me into his private office. I'm glad you're working on the case, the doctor says. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to help. Barely you. concealing a laugh. So he offers to help. Um, I ask, basically, I asked if Harlow was in failing health or uh, depressed. Oh, uh, the doctor says no, he was in good health, but he did seem well. to think someone was out to get him. But I don't know if that's true or not. Um, mm. So I don't get much from Doctor Bloom. So I head over to the Thromby house, which takes me to page eighty-five. Okay. And I am I back on your train? Yeah, yeah. I'm back on your train there because here's the picture of Inspector Proofrock running into the room, <laughs> arms akimbo, screaming that he solved the case. <laughs> and that he thinks boy. it's Chartwell, but Chartwell is leaving, so he runs back out to look for his keys. It's like a rabbit chasing a what is it? It's a like dog a dog chasing, chasing a rabbit, a rabbit but the rabbit the went the other way. And then the dog is this cute big boy, and his name's Proofrock, and you give him kisses. Good proofy. Yeah, good proofy. Good proofy. proofy, proofy. Uh, so that takes me to page eighty nine, <clears throat> which okay. is the boy in the chair with the towel on the face. <laughs> so I do the same thing as you. I go back home to think about it. When I come back, there's nobody there. Somebody grabs me, points me in a chair, ties me up, wraps a towel tightly around my face. Um, it is a very... I did take a picture of that page to send you because it is a very terrifying image. <laughs> nice. um, um, so my choice is to rip off my blindfold or to sit quietly and be patient. And I did the same thing as you. I ripped off my blindfold. Did you? <laughs> yeah, so we got a lot of overlapping pages here. Um, takes me back to 87. 
but someone hits me in the head. When I try to do that, I go back to being unconscious. Same thing, I wake up the doctors with mysterious notes saying, next time, you'll end up in the cemetery. And the doctor says, that's none of my business. (laughs) Kids these days, jeez. But early the next morning, I walk out of the hospital thinking about Angela. Because why wouldn't I be thinking about Angela? I haven't, again, (laughs) haven't had a single experience with her. No clues pointing me that direction. You and I have gotten a lot of the same clues at this at this point. We had a lot of the overlapping yeah. uh, details. So I actually decided it might be a good idea to check with Jenny Mudge instead of investigating Angela. Oh, okay. Because I still feel like she might be on to something. Yeah, you never know. So this takes me to page 95. You waste no time in phoning Jenny. One sentence on that page. Boom. <laughs> and it's a picture of me on the phone. <laughs> Whoa, you have a lot of choices. Yep. I have five choices. And this is another one of those. This is what it says. If you asked Jenny to watch, if you asked Jenny to watch Robert, 97, Chartwell, 98, Jane, 99, Angela, 100. If you didn't ask her to watch anyone, turn to page 96. Right. So you didn't ask her to watch anyone. But do you think that happened really? (laughs) Yeah, it's all in there. I I have doubts about that. Really? It's one page. Yeah. Okay. So I did actually just say, if you didn't ask her to watch anyone, I, I didn't read it that way. I kind of was just like, oh, I get to decide now what I did retroactively. Gotcha. But, but I did choose. I didn't ask her to watch anyone. Oh, okay, cool. And that takes me to page 96. <laughs> Jenny's father answers the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you hang up. <laughs> She's out, he says. I don't expect her back until late this afternoon. You'll have to continue, continue the investigation without her for a while. And that's the entirety of that page. The dad says that to you? No, no, no. I said, I think that to Okay, okay. <laughs> now I have Sorry, to Sorry, kiddo. To... You're going to have to continue investigating on your own. How'd I, I know? Mean, Don't worry about it. I'm assuming that's what you're calling about. That's what all of her friends call about. It seems like everyone in this neighborhood is becoming a detective. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of murdering. So this takes me to page 101. Okay. The page. Yep. On my first visit to page 101... I chose, if you found fingerprints on the bottle of brandy and you want to check out the lab report, turn to page 106. I don't know if that's cheating or not. I still don't 100% believe you that that's how that's going to work. It's but you yeah you 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 made a boner you blew it you did no, the wrong I thing. I think it's a retroactive choice. No, it's not. Now I get a page choice. with a full size picture of the brandy bottle. Oh wow! Jealous? Can you see the fingerprints now? That big old brandy bottle picture? No, no. It looks a little smudgy, but that's just the that's Granger okay. style. Granger the lab style. report identifies the prints on the brandy bottle as belonging to Harlow Thrombey. Okay. <laughs> so it didn't get a whole lot there. <laughs> Try another lead. Turn back to page Ooh, 101. <laughs> which is why this is going to be. The Which is why this is now a two-hour podcast and not a one-hour oh, podcast. Boy. What should you do next? I chose to talk to Robert. Because I was, nice. dude, I was panicking. I was swimming. I was like, I haven't been following any of this. I thought it would just be a fun romp. <laughs> I didn't think I, I was going to have to work quite so hard. I should have just, honestly, I should have given up the case. I should have chosen that one. <laughs> that would have been the honest choice. But I just chose the first person I could talk to. So I decided to sure. talk to Robert. This takes me to a fantastic page. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm not quite there yet. This takes me to 107. I telephone Robert Lipscomb, Dr. Robert Lipscomb. He agrees to meet me at the Thromby house in half an really? hour. Yep, okay. He does. He agrees. I get Proofrock on the phone and ask him to come too. That's smart. He says, I can't. I'm questioning the other suspects right now because I'm an adult with a job. And I say, <laughs> bring them along. And does he? 
I I say, bring them along, and I promise to wrap up this case today. And I'm Whoa, like, oh, buddy. no, no, I didn't know I was doing that. <laughs> There's a long pause before Proofrog answers. I appreciate that. He's considering that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but if you don't deliver on that promise, I'll arrest you for interfering with the work of a police officer. Nice. Okay, fair deal. Half hour later, the library is filled with people. Jane, Charbel, Angela, Robert, they're <laughs> all there. I stand in the corner, oh, watch everyone at once. It's the drawing room scene. Yeah. Proofrock and other policemen stay at the door. All right, what Sherlock. Page is this? this is 107. Okay. All right, Sherlock Holmes, Proofrock says, tell us how Harlow Thromby was murdered. Robert can tell you best. Uh, Whoa. You reply. Of course I can, Robert says, because I was the one who heard Harlow Thromby's last words. Huh? Jane, oh. Jane poured my last drink. Oh my gosh. Were Harlow Thromby's last words, apparently. And this and this says, go to next page, and I get a t- full p- two-page illustration. Whoa. Of the classic, Everybody's there. The classic drawing room scene in the library. In a library. Every character seated while I stand in the corner giving the speech. It's a great, it's a great illustration. It's pretty cool. And then it says, turn to page, then it says, and at the bottom it says, turn to page 121. <laughs> and I definitely had to do a couple of double takes. Like, am I on the right page? How did I get here? <laughs> this is a ro- wild roller coaster. And I'm not sure yeah. I ended up at the right place. You pull your tape cassette out of your pocket and shove it in what? front of Robert's face. Mm. I had a tape recorder planted in the music room all evening, you say. Really? <laughs> <laughs> this coming from the guy who did not come to the party hmm. at the beginning. I've never been to this house before. <laughs> <laughs> the piano never stopped. Piano. Since Jane was the only one playing, okay, I know you lied about Thromby's last words. But I couldn't have poured his last drink. I was in the game room, Robert says. True enough, you say, and so was Chartwell. Angela was the only one who could have put the poison in the brandy bottle. Then I'm innocent, Robert cries. No, you're not, screams Angela, her face red with anger. You got that arsenic arsenic from the greenhouse for me. (laughs) Suddenly, Robert's on his feet, making a break for the door. Proofrock grabs him. Angela slumps in her chair, buries her head in her arms. It's such a shame, Jane Thromby says. Harlow was going to give you two a trip to Hawaii for your wedding present. Cool, Jane. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Proofrock shuffles toward you, taking the cassette out of your hand and stares at it dumbly like a dog staring at its reflection in the water. Slam. Jeez Louise. <laughs> <laughs> How did you think of putting a tape recorder in the music room, he says. To tell the truth, I didn't, you reply. This is just an old Beatles recording. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Oldest classic in the Who is this kid? Book. He is Who is this kid? A true detecting genius. But the next sentence is Proof Rock's like, Yeah, but how did you know people were playing piano or something? <laughs> You're like, just, oh, I don't I don't have any I, I just, didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. Uh. <laughs> but wait. <laughs> And to be honest, I don't super get this Beatles album. Like, it's catchy, but I don't get it. You know what I mean? I don't really understand. I'm a small child. You truly are a great detective. I'm not. (laughs) Or am I? (laughs) So, I think something that I think... That was the end? That was the end. That was the end. I think a question has been answered, which is... Who killed Is there one who killed Arlo? And yet, we still have so many pages to read. But but the question I'm talking about is that there is one true, there yes. is one answer to who killed Harlow Thromby. So there are multiple possible, it isn't sliding doors. There are multiple possible murderers. Ugh. So, 
It'll be really one. I, I'd like to throw. In, <laughs> I wonder if there's another prediction to be made about. Um, I don't even know. We won't make any more official predictions, but like, will there be endings where you send the wrong person to prison, or is it oh, like every ending I you find so. out one way or another? I feel like that would be a good. That would be a, <laughs> another good option. You send somebody to prison, the wrong person to prison. You accuse the wrong person, and then you're disgraced as a detective, and you never get any more detective jobs. I mean, that's like you never. You have to work as a candle maker. It's a pretty good way to make a living. Proofrock said that if I didn't deliver, he would put me. He yeah. would me. So maybe you end up in jail. That should be that. Hopefully, is an ending. It'd be so, really funny if we got the two endings where you find out who <laughs> the killer is. Who killed her little throbby. <laughs> the rest of the time, we just don't know. Oh um, man! Wow, what a it's a book, right? This is going to be tough. I mean, I, it's going to be short. Hopefully, I don't uh, know about that. If it's man. not short, it's going to be a lot of digging. A lot we of got book, most of the same in. pages this time. I'm going to have a hard time not getting the same pages again. This thing is a maze. It's a labyrinth. <laughs> I feel like all of my memories of reading Choose Your Own Adventure books, none of them were like this. And maybe that's just because the ones I happen to choose. But maybe that's also because Edward Packard learned something after doing this one. Yeah. <laughs> I think he learned the same thing that we learned just in your reading, which is that it doesn't. this doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Both quite. of us had stories where we did not, we that needed us to have found a clue, but we didn't find that clue. Counterpoint. Sure. Maybe you and I as readers, as book shoes. <laughs> yeah, book shoes. We're not playing, paying close enough attention. That does seem extremely likely. <laughs> Maybe we miss the clues <laughs> as book shoes. Hey, we're just starting out, man. We'll, we'll figure it out. We have a very special treat again this week. I was shocked to see. Uh, but Matt put together. Matt, can you do a drum roll with your mouth? How long is the podcast so far? So that's a no. That's a no. You that was more of a drum solo. I don't often get a chance, so I just went, I took my chance. You know, like you people tell you to take your chance when you get it. Yeah, don't and, miss your chance. And because um, of the spit mom spaghetti and all that. Um, we have a very special treat. Chapter two of Meanwhile in the Cave of Time, Matt's audio drama where he further explores his unfinished relationship with the characters in there, the Cave of Time. There are many questions to answer still from that book. I hope to do that at least in headcanon in the form uh, of this radio play. It's a good one. Please enjoy it. There is a place that is everywhere, yet nowhere. Every wind, yet never now. You may have escaped, but for others, the adventure continues. Join us now for Meanwhile in the Cave of Time. Louisa was many things, but one thing she was not was indecisive. She had hardly stepped foot inside this new and mysterious cave before she was presented with a choice. Should she follow one tunnel leading off to the right, or a leftwardly sort of tunnel leading in the opposite direction? Gosh, this is a pickle if I ever saw one. I'd better see if I can deduce anything about these tunnels before proceeding. I wouldn't want to walk straight into trouble. Louisa tilts her head to get a better listen down the tunnel leading to the right. Hmm. Not getting much in the way of sound waves, but I can certainly smell what's wafting up my way. It's water. Better remember that for later. But what about cave number two? Again, Louisa cocks her head, concentrating with fierce focus. What's this? I think I hear scuffling. 
and if I'm not mistaken, those scuffles are clearly the product of child-sized rubber-soled sneakers. Is there another kid in this cave? Say, this could be fun! Without another thought, Louisa skips off down the leftwardly cave in search of company. Behind her, in the darkness, something shudders to life. A bearded, helmed figure jerks into motion, and slowly, ever slowly, begins to follow. Oh, ah. ow. Watch it! A collision! Louisa pulls herself to her feet to see who or what she has collided with. In the beam of her flashlight, she can see it as a boy about her age. He is dirty and looks exhausted. He has a backpack as well, but it seems only to contain a jacket. Were you just stumbling around in here in the dark? Maybe. Not really. The cave of time closed a little in some places, so I was basically fine. Louisa frowns. The cave of... Uh, sorry, the cave of what exactly? Oh boy, you don't even know where you are. You must be lost. Well, not precisely. Look, the way I see it, we have two options here. Either I help you back to where you came from because I am a gentleman and you clearly have no idea the danger you were in, or uh, I guess you could tag along with me. I'm pretty sure I'm like right about to find a way out of here and back to my own time. Louisa considers this as the boy stands in front of her, mouth breathing heavily. He carries himself with such confidence, yet he is so clearly wrong about so much. Ever helpful, and feeling pretty certain she can exit this cave system whenever she wants, Louisa decides to help the boy. Good thinking. Why don't we- Okay, I got it. It's best for you to come with me. I'll get us out of this crazy cave of time. With no warning, the boy spins around and begins to head back the way he came. He instantly trips in the darkness, but manages not to fall completely. Oh, uh, there's one. Careful of that one. You could trip. Louisa frowns, but follows the poor boy. They talk as they walk, and she begins to fear the boy may be worse off than she thought. He doesn't seem to remember that it's the year 2022, and that blue jeans have recently come back into style. You must have some new inventions that we did not have in my time, the boy says in his strange, stilted manner of speaking. Tell me about your most modern things. The question is so strange and so strangely put that for a moment, Louisa isn't sure what to say. Uh, well, I guess the bicycle trails are the best. She knows it is an odd choice for an answer, but Louisa feels it's important to further test his awareness of the world. She quickly learns that he remembers nothing. Suddenly, they're falling. Oh, oh no! What'd you do? The two land on their rears near a road. Louisa can hardly believe what she's seeing. Cars travel at incredible speed along a massive highway belching fumes. They are nothing like the cars of her time. Could the boy be right? Is the cave somehow a cave of time? The boy stands and instantly begins to read aloud from a street sign. Cadillac, the car of the year every year. Oh, I get it. Louisa is many things, but one thing she is almost never is confused. What's... what's a Cadillac? Thus ends chapter two oh, of Meanwhile in so the Cave. So good. I, I, it's very easy for me to foresee a future where we, we we very quickly phase out the rest of the podcast and replace it with this. <laughs> just, just do a meta podcast of uh, other characters experiencing readers in choose your own adventure book. Uh, but that will do it for this week, right? Matt, do you yes, have any thank- more segments? You did about seven segments this week. No, the so was- next episode will not be uh- <laughs> this long. <laughs> oh, um, everybody loves it. 
we'll figure out if we're gonna do meanwhile in cave of time every week or not quite that often i'm not really sure but it has its it'll have its own playlist on the soundcloud and you can share it with your friends who love audio dramas yeah share it socially in the digital share space the digital share space yeah we're are we on the digital share space yes right Okay. We, we literally only exist in the digital share space. <laughs> we are no longer meet one, so we are only... Oh, you know, okay. Sweet. You guys, this is going to be a grand adventure, and yeah. it is weird. And um, I don't know if there's ever going to be another Choose Your Own Adventure book <laughs> like this one. <laughs> um, my guess is no. This is the only one that is like this. So let's all enjoy this singular experience <laughs> together. And, and seriously, it'll be shorter next time. In the meantime... Take care to keep your business drier than yourself. <laughs> Love you, mom.